Hi, my name is Tara, and I want to welcome you to The View from Israel podcast. The View from Israel was born on the Black Sabbath of October 7, 2023, from the need to present valid and confirmed information to the public. Our social media hashtag is View from Israel. Our podcast is available in all major podcast directories. Our free newsletter is on Substack and comes out approximately five times a week. We are not associated with any political movement or outside institution or company. Our entire budget comes from advertisements in our podcasts and newsletters, videos, memberships, and donations. At The View from Israel, we believe silence is no longer an option. We are guided by one primary principle. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Now, let us go to our podcast episode. Hi, my name is Sheila. I will be reading this episode for The View from Israel. Our episode title today is Should Israel Back Down? In an overwhelming response according to polls, not according to Israelis. Israelis do not want to back down. As usual, links will be placed in the description of the podcast episode. I have read many misconceptions of the Israeli mentality here in Substack and social networks and on the web. Some are infused with the attitude that was prevalent 20-plus years ago when many Israelis thought it was possible to come to a peace agreement with the Palestinians, Hamas, Hezbollah, and all the rest. I have even seen mention of the defunct Peace Now movement and quotations, articles, and announcements going back 20 to 40 years to prove this point. Many have decided to dredge old forgotten books out of the dustbins and quote from them as if they are relevant to the situation today. It is like buying an apple and getting an orange instead. The comparison is impossible. The quotes are long forgotten and dead. There is something I need to stress, something that is genuinely not getting through to many individuals who consider themselves enlightened, intellectual, and wordsmiths out there. The following is a critical point. The Israel you knew and thought you understood until 6.29 a.m. on October 7th no longer exists. It is hard for me to even say that above sentence. Yet that is reality. That Israel is gone. Is that good? Is that worse? I honestly cannot tell you and probably will never be able to decide as it will take 20 to 30 years to determine the answer. Do not judge Israel today by a trip you made to some kibbutz, on a visit, or a pilgrimage in the 80s, 90s, or even in 2023 before 6.29 a.m. on October 7th with the same glasses you look at Israel today. I have written about this over and over again. There is a before and after. Before and after defines our measure of time. Before and after defines our measure of events unfolding. Before and after defines our existence. Before and after defines who we are, how we think, and how we react. The View from Israel wrote about this in the newsletter on November 16, 2023, and followed it up with a podcast episode. Links will be in the description. The left-wing, though internationally renowned paper in Israel is known as Haaretz. This means in English, the land. Over the years, it has become highly left-wing, though everyone still reads it in one form or another. Just to put this in perspective, in 2022, a TGI survey indicated that Israel Hayam, distributed for free, is Israel's most read newspaper, with a 31% weekday readership exposure, followed by Yediath Aranoth with 23.9%. 
Pa Arts with 4.7% and Ma'arev with 3.5%. So you can see Ha Arts does not have much of the market. But despite all that, it is still a respected newspaper in and out of Israel. So when Ha Arts delivers the following headline, one takes notice. 75% of Jewish Israelis reject United States demand to shift Gaza war to new phase, poll finds. 56% of Arab respondents said Israel should accede to United States. Pressure with the majority of Jews on the left, also agreeing that the war should be shifted toward precise targeting of Hamas leaders. Let us read a small part from the article. Israelis reject United States pressure to shift the war in Gaza to a phase with less heavy bombing in populated areas by a ratio of 2 to 1, according to an Israel Democracy Institute poll, whose results were published on Tuesday. 66% of the respondents oppose following Washington's advice, with a significant split between Jews and Arabs and between Jews on the left and the right. Only 23% answered that Israel should agree to the United States' demand that Israel shifts to a different phase of the war in Gaza, with an emphasis on reducing the heavy bombing of densely populated areas. A full 75% of Jewish respondents said Israel should ignore the United States' pressure, while 56% of Arabs said Israel should do as the United States asks. A majority of Jews on the left supported shifting to a new phase, while only a minority agreed in the center and right. That is the end of the quote from the article. The Israel Democracy Institute is also a well-respected organization. However, without trying to be cynical if they published a poll reporting 75% as the figure of those who support Israel's war, I would automatically add to that. This is just based on my experience. Many reports have the numbers at above 90%, but for the sake of argument here, I will accept the 75% range so, on the 89th day of the war, a war like no other Israel has fought, and after so many deaths, still, an overwhelming majority of Israelis are behind Israel's response. Let me just put this in perspective for you. Since October 7th, 826 civilians have been killed, 485 soldiers have been killed, 59 police have been killed, 13 emergency services personnel have been killed, these numbers are all taken from official figures printed in Haaretz, so one cannot fault me for bloating them. And still, the overwhelming majority says do not stop. Now, I need to lead you on a journey. Please follow the pieces as they all have occurred within the past 24 to 48 hours. Something else happened yesterday that I am not sure the meaning of the action has actually gotten across. Salah al -Arari. The number one target on Israel's hit list for years was finally slain. This is not something to put on a checklist from the war. This is an event whose ramifications will be felt in the coming weeks. As the Jerusalem Post reported today, and I quote, Number one target, Shin Bet's growing role against Al-Arari. Hamas leaders, Hamas slain deputy leader, outside of Gaza, Salah Al-Arari, was the number one target of a special Shin Bet unit established to target the terrorist organization's operatives abroad, while a military correspondent, Amir Bobot, reported Wednesday morning. Writing on the social media platform, X, Bobot said that the Israel Security Agency has become more active in Israel's general operation against the Hamas terrorist organization, be it in the Gaza Strip, the West Bank, or abroad. 
Shin Bet Chief Ronan Barr recently spoke on the issue of expanding the responsibilities of the agency and its intent to reach all Hamas leaders anywhere in the world, including in Lebanon. That is the end of this first piece from the Jerusalem Post. But let us move on. But who is Salah Al-Arari? And why is his death so earth-shattering? Well, he was the brains behind the brawn. He was the architect of all of Hamas, as the Jerusalem Post explains in another article. The killing of Hamas deputy leader Salah Al-Arari in Beirut is a game-changing event and represents the end of an era for his Hamas organization. For decades, Hamas has enjoyed growing impunity for its crimes. For instance, its leaders became increasingly active abroad, moving between Doha, Beirut, and Ankara. After October 7th, Hamas was also successful in getting many countries not to condemn their crimes against humanity. For instance, Russia, China, Turkey, and other key countries did not condemn the Hamas attack. Hamas has also enjoyed impunity from international organizations. It was able to build up a terror tunnel empire in Gaza in part because it got funding from abroad and because a plethora of organizations were willing to deal with healthcare and essential services. The Palestinian Authority even paid salaries in Gaza, despite the fact that Hamas had forced it out of the Strip in 2007. The entire situation was strange. Hamas, a terrorist group, ran Gaza as if it was a government. Its leadership was hosted in Doha, the capital of Qatar, which is a major non-NATO ally of the United States. By hosting Hamas, Doha actually got increased status as a Western ally. Turkey, a member of NATO, has also hosted Hamas leaders over the years for meetings. But now Arari is gone. Hamas leader Ismail Haniyeh has said that Hamas will never be defeated after the assassination of its deputy leader in Lebanon by Israel, a movement whose leaders and founders fall as martyrs for the dignity of our people and our nation will never be defeated, Haniyeh said on Tuesday evening. Now let us move on to an article in Haoretz. This article is titled, Coordinated with Zimwar Tied to Hezbollah, who was top Hamas leader Salah Al-Arari. It goes on as follows. Salah Al-Arari, who was killed in Lebanon on Tuesday in what is thought to be an Israeli assassination, was the deputy head of Hamas political bureau, as well as the man in charge of the organization's military wing in the West Bank. He was considered very influential within Hamas due mainly to his efforts to develop a military network in the West Bank and his residence in Lebanon, where he was in close contact with Hezbollah's Secretary General, Hassan Nasrallah. He and Yahya Sinwar, Hamas leader in the Gaza Strip, were thought to share the same strategic worldview. That is the end of the article. But he was in Israel's sights all along. We do not forget. One by one, Israel will remove these monsters from the land of the living. Once he was announced killed in Lebanon, Israel went from a stance of slowly letting out some units from Gaza to Code Red. Everyone is waiting for the reaction of Hezbollah and Iran. And tonight, when Nasrallah speaks, we may hear what he thinks. But no one knows. That is the truth. No one knows if he will escalate or just keep on lobbing 10 missiles into Israel a day and killing us. As the head of Shimbet announced, the head of the Mossad spy agency, David Barnia, declared Wednesday that anyone involved in carrying out Hamas's October 7th onslaught signed his own death warrant, a day after the terror group's deputy chief, 
Salah Al-Arari was killed. In an alleged Israeli strike in Beirut, Barnia made the comment at the funeral of former Mossad chief Zvi Zamir, likening Israel's ongoing declared mission to eliminate Hamas leaders to the decades-long operation launched by the late spy chief to hunt down the Palestinian terrorists responsible for the murder of 11 Israeli athletes at the 1972 Munich Olympics. Then what happens? The obvious, of course. It was predictable. This is the headline from the Jerusalem Post. Iranian media vows retaliation to Israeli killing of Salah al-Arari. That was definitely predictable. And just a few hours ago, a bomb went off in a cemetery in Iran at a memorial for another terrorist. As the email for the New York Times states, dozens reported killed in Iran in blasts near Spymaster's tomb. The explosions, according to Iranian state media, took place at a ceremony commemorating Qasem Soleimani, the top commander, killed by a United States drone strike four years ago. Have you followed the pieces? Are you getting the connections? And still, the overwhelming majority says do not stop. Can anyone not sitting in Israel at this very moment possibly understand this mindset? Do you not yet get it? If the Yom Kippur War was our December 7th, then October 7th was our 9-11. But the difference, the slight itty-bitty difference, is that our enemies are sitting on our borders or inside of our border. At least those that can do damage to us. The View from Israel has written article following article and podcast episodes about what happened here. Tens of thousands have also done so on social networks, Substack, and websites. No, we cannot compete with the Hamas propaganda engine. At least not yet. We will get there as well. October 7th is beyond your imagination. Even if you have the permission, stomach, and nerve to watch that famous 43-minute video, it will still be beyond your imagination. It is beyond your thought process. We cannot ignore it as yesterday's news. We cannot defend it. We cannot intellectualize it. We cannot do anything but fight it. Any other option is suicide for Israel. Now I am sure many would love that solution. Some would love to see Zionism disappear into the dustbin of history. And many would love to see Israel pushed into the sea. But guess what? We are here to stay. And we do not forget. Nor will we forgive this time. Nor will we remain silent. Nor will we do something counterintuitive to our continued existence. Do you want peace? Get Hamas to give up. Every single one of them. Simple as all that. And beware. What happened to Salah al-Arari will happen without a shadow of a doubt to every Hamas leader. That is not a threat. It is a solemn promise. You see, 89 days have gone by. A total of 1,150 soldiers, civilians, police, and medical personnel have been killed in this war. And still, the overwhelming majority says do not stop. So no, Israel will not back down. Thank you for listening. 
Our podcast is available in all major podcast directories, on Substack, and on our website, viewfromisrael.com. You can listen to it in your favorite podcast app and on our YouTube channel. Please do not forget to share, like, comment, and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Our newsletter is on Substack and comes out approximately five times a week. Use the links in our profile here or go to substack.com and search for The View from Israel. It is totally free. There is no paywall. All one-time or continuing monthly donations are greatly appreciated. Links to our donation page are in Substack, in our newsletters, and in the podcast episode directories. If you wish to advertise with us in our podcast or our newsletter, please contact us at advertise at viewfromisrael.com. Please take note. We are not associated with any political movement or outside institution or company. Our entire budget comes from advertisements in our podcasts and videos, newsletters, memberships, and donations. At The View from Israel, we believe that silence is no longer an option. We are guided by one primary principle. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. I hope you have a wonderful day.